0: Welcome to ETF Working Lunch, an ETF.com podcast in partnership with women in ETFs. We get together every other week with some of the smartest women in the biz and we talk shop. I'm Cynthia Murphy here with my colleague, Heather Bell. Hey, Heather. Hiya. (laughs) And today we are going to talk about career building, finding your path in the ETF industry. Joining us for this conversation is someone you should know well for her expertise in ETF distribution as well as for ongoing work with women in ETFs since the early days. So, welcome, Jillian Del Signore. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be
1: back. We haven't been together on the podcast since Inside ETFs, which feels like a million years ago
0: last year. Yeah. It's been pretty much a year since we were first together in this podcast, so we're so excited to bring you back. Thank you for having me back. So much has changed. Well, and it's amazing because in the last year, uh, you have done so much. So I'm excited to to peel this onion here. So spoiler alert, you have just landed a new job as head of ETFs and indexing for FLX distribution. So I'd love to start there. Just tell us what you're up to these days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's... um... It's been such a whirlwind and I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about 2020 because um, since a punchline for you, um, you actually had a big influence on me in 2020 in ways I don't know that you know yet, but I, 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 um, I'd love to sort of chat about it as we get through. It was quite a journey and it was a journey that brought me to Flex and you know, I'm going to keep the, my comments about Flex a little bit high level, but we do so much um, in terms of bringing together and really a, a marketplace, if you will distribution professionals, asset managers, wealth managers, I'm going to keep my comments really focused on the asset managers, in this case, ETF issuers, which is what I'm here at Flex to essentially build for us, right? Leverage all the things that Flex is already doing and bring that into the ETF industry and bring the ETF industry into Flex. And so it's been such a really fun and exhausting and exciting last three weeks since I've since I've been there it feels like longer sometimes. but really you know our vision is to be the premier truly cost effective and flexible hence our name and I'll talk about why we talk about Flex uh, a lot as I go through flexible distribution solution for asset managers when we say distribution it's not just sales right distribution is so much more. And we can talk a little bit about that as well. I think distribution, as we all know, it's like the tie that binds everything together. And so we really anchor ourselves to three key ideas, flexibility, access, and scale. So flexibility, think about, you know, we, we anchor ourselves around the ETF industry for a second. And you know, think about all the different issuers that, are, that exist, right? At different parts of their life cycle. So we think that the, the flexibility is so key in this because we want to be able to help and serve our clients, asset managers, ETF issuers, no matter where they are in their life cycle, they're going to have different needs. And so for us to be able to have that flexibility and provide them that flexibility is just a huge part of our value proposition, hence the name. Access. So, Cynthia, you know, we talked a lot about access, right, in the, what I did in the writing over the summer. So the access challenge. It's not unique to the ETF industry, but access, in this case, is, is access not just helping you get access to advisors and national home offices, etc., but it's it's access to distribution professionals. It's access to multiple coverage solutions, depending, again, where you are in that life cycle. And also access to our partners and solutions, um, like Flex Intelligence, Flex Media, which, again, we can put a pin in for now and certainly get back to another time. And then scale. right? The ability to add scale or achieve scale. In your distribution efforts through our flexible business model and flexing up and flexing down based on your needs so it really does start off kind of as a consultation and we work together to identify what optimal ways will work for you and for your team whether it's a package solution where we're providing you a team or whether it's more all carte if you think about it like a menu so that's sort of it in a nutshell if i think about sort of key value propositions and i got so excited about the opportunity to come here because it's a way for us to truly try to address the access challenge and the distribution challenge for the ETF industry.
0: So I'm a little curious about just the concept of flexibility when you when I think about ETF distribution as just a broad challenge. The idea that, you know, a new issuer versus an older issuer versus a small and big or mid size, at the end of the day is all about getting your ETFs out there to potential yeah investors. So can you give me an example or or explain the whole concept of flexibility and how that's a differentiator? Like walk us through this, just this idea of how different it can be from one versus another. Absolutely. So let's, let's start at the very beginning and I'll give you a couple of
1: examples of conversations we've, we've been having or I've been having. So think about somebody who's brand new to the ETF industry and truly just needs consultation Right. Think about what it is that I was doing throughout 2020. Right? I was being introduced to firms at also different phases of their life, but some of them were brand new. And they just needed to understand how can you help me demystify this ETF industry? Right? Help me figure out who the players are, what do I need to do to launch? What should I think about in terms of when I should be doing certain things? Can you introduce me to a lawyer? Can you introduce me to an accountant? Like demystifying this space. That may be somebody that needs help in sort of that entry level. Then you could have somebody that, you know, they've got a really cool idea. They just don't really have a ton of brand recognition. They have no exposure to the home offices. There's an opportunity for us to work with them, perhaps just on brand recognition, sort of the push out to the marketplace digitally, and then with the home offices. And then maybe there's somebody else that has their products available at the custodians just needs help within RIAs or somebody else that just needs help within a broker-dealer community, right? We can flex based on your needs. Can we build you a team? Can we merge with your team? It really just depends on what those needs are. We can flex up and flex down those solutions that we're bringing to the table. You know, I think about my time consulting, and I think what was so exciting about this, you know, and Cynthia, you, you and I talked a lot about this. It's like, I could come in and I can consult and I could help. I could help in that way. But I can only help them to a certain point before it truly became about them having to make a decision about how they were going to do their distribution. And cost becomes such an inhibitor. And so what we're able to do at Flex is provide these solutions at a very reasonable cost based on the sharing economy, right? And so it's that ability to achieve that scale through sharing. And that's, I think, what really is gonna be a differentiator, the ability to provide scale scale distribution solution to, I'll say, boutique ETF asset managers, but that's not all it is. But I think that's who at least initially will find this incredibly valuable.
0: Well, and it's cool because, you know, you come from, you know, recently, JP Morgan, Mm -hmm. which is a huge issuer, has huge ability to scale, probably in a much simpler way than a smaller issuer. So, you know, if we take a couple steps back and talk about that, transition from big corporation, big you know business to then taking a leap of faith and starting your own advisory firm last year uh, in the year of the pandemic. if it wasn't challenging enough, you started a business last year. and then from there going to Flex which strikes me as a little bit more of a startup environment. So what did it take you to make this whole transition from one type of environment to another to another? Yeah. So it it was such
1: a journey. (laughs) I would say, Mr. Heather, like 2020 for me was just this unbelievable journey that started in Florida, right down at inside ETFs and having a million awesome conversations. And I feel like it allowed me to connect to the ETF industry in a way I feel like I never had before you know, it's really easy to get stuck in what you do day to day, right? Whether it was a, being at BlackRock or JP Morgan, and, and you, you think you know people and you do know people, right? I'm not minimizing, my, you know, all of our collective um, connections, but like, I feel like the journey I went on in 2020 was so powerful because it allowed me to connect to that many more people in the industry in different corners of the industry that I wouldn't have natural connective tissue to, given what I did every day. Um, and so... You know, that's really, as I, th- I think about what happened next, was in those conversations I was having, I kept getting asked, you know, do you consult? And I said, well, you know, I always thought that I would, you know, towards the end of my career, I would consult and, and do board work, which I also started doing in 2020. I actually, um, not only with women in ETFs, but with um, actually on a, an independent trustee of actually an ETF issuer's board which was incredibly exciting. But I thought, well, let's just accelerate this, right? 2020 felt largely really out of control. And I <laughs> like, this is something I can control, right? I can control and I can help. And so I had the opportunity to help and work with some incredible clients. And most of them, not all of them, but most of them were what I would call boutique ETF issuers. And what I recognized was two things. And this is ultimately what I think really led me to Flex and has me with the passion that I have for what it is that we're doing, what we're building. Because you're right, it is a startup. It's been around since December 2019. Although if you look at the executive committee, there's hundreds of years of distribution experience, which I think is what really helps differentiate us as well. But what I realized was two things. One, you know, I don't know how you two think, I think you probably largely agree. I feel like the ETF industry is like that corner of asset management where innovation goes to thrive right? Mm -hmm. And the innovation is not exclusively, but I would argue largely coming from some of these boutique managers. And because of all the regulatory change that's happened over the last two years, as we've talked about, that barrier to entry has come down and more and more issuers can enter, which is awesome and innovation is thriving. But what I was realizing is that these issuers, they needed distribution the most and they were the most ill-equipped to have it because they didn't have the resources, And so through one of my consulting clients, I was able to actually reconnect with Flex, well, with the CEO of Flex, uh, who I've known for quite some time. We were able to reconnect and I was able to learn about what it is they were building. And, you know, he actually came from a multi-boutique firm. So I think was able to see the the vision and the future and the benefit of sort of multi-boutique, both to advisors and to home offices. And for me, the ability to join helped facilitate conversations they were having with existing managers and prospects about their desire to enter the ETF industry, but then also my ability to truly leverage the connections that I had and was continuing to make with different parts of the industry due to the fact that I was a bit of a free agent. It allowed me to really see the vision to be able to bring all these pieces together to, and I don't mean to sound Pollyanna-ish, but to really change the industry because I feel like if we can provide these, these issuers with solutions and they can gain scale, I feel like everybody wins. And so I have a lot of enthusiasm, as I hope is clear, you know, for what we're doing and what we're building. And it was 2020, I think, for my journey. And I would encourage people to really think about that, right, and, and how, if they're in a similar crossroads, you know, enjoy that journey. And I was told by a friend, don't hurry, don't worry, right? And, and I was engaging and in, in embracing every conversation that was coming my way. And I, I truly do believe it led me to sort of see the vision that I, that I had and, and to where I am now.
0: Yeah, don't worry. That's easier easier said than done, right? A hundred uh-huh. I always say if I, if I could go back in time and do something different in my life, both personally and professionally, would be to worry less. But somehow it's really hard to do. Yes. Essentially, I would get Sunday scaries. Like I would have Sunday scaries every night, right?
1: Every night. And my husband, it would drive him crazy. He's like, can you just please enjoy this? But I was so, we're so programmed, right? And I mm-hmm. I wish now that I'm so busy, I wish I would have, that would be some advice to people. Like, I know not everybody can not hurry, not worry, right? I understand there are different circumstances for everybody that's in this situation. But if you have that ability, I, I wish I would have taken more advantage of it. I enjoyed the journey for sure. But I worry too much. Right. And I think that I would have I wish I wouldn't have. And that's easier said than done. But it is. Right.
0: Jillian, where do you see the opportunities in the ETF space for someone who's maybe just looking to enter the ETF industry? Like, is there any area they should concentrate on or really look at for opportunity? So I always I always refer back to like, what are they
1: what are they good at? Right. I mean, because I feel like you need to leverage your own collective skill. Yeah. You know, some of the people that I'm talking to, that's what's been really cool. It's something they either are super passionate about. Like I talked to some people that manage ESG ETFs and the passion that exudes out of these people is infectious. And so I feel like something you're super passionate about and it will sort of exude out of you and and you can sort of speak to it as you're um, kind of marketing your products. Something that you as an organization have a particular skill at or expertise at, I think about that a lot. As I look at the broad landscape though, I think there's a couple of things that are gonna kind of drive us. And I'd be curious if you two sitting in the seat that you do would agree. I feel like thematics are, have certainly been really important, right? Thematics active, and I don't just mean semi-transparent, we can talk about that, but I, I think I think broadly speaking active for a whole host of reasons, 2020 was like the year of active and ESG. I think those three are, are certainly really going to drive a lot of what we see. I, I will say models as well. That's less about a new ETF issuer and more about a commercialization strategy. But I do think that um, this expansion of boutique issuers, regardless of the asset class they're talking about, the entrant of additional very large players, dimensional, capital, those folks coming into the market will be very, very interesting. And then The model conversation and and how that plays into commercialization strategies is going to be really important and fun to watch. So those are kind of my things I've been sort of keeping my eye
0: on. Yeah, well, small issuers, I think, is where a lot of the innovation is. And uh, some of these areas are also where a lot of the innovation is. So it makes sense. I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about, you know, just... To think about women in ETFs, for example, the role it plays in the industry as a place to network, to support, to mentor. When we think about career growth in this transition period you just lived through, these two, three years, including 12 months as a free agent, as you put it, which I love. Did you find that as an industry, are we really there for each other when it comes to needing these connections to make these next steps forward? Was there a lot of, were you surprised at how much of it is just lip service? I mean, what was your experience with this, you know, front seat to the need for networking, for finding your next step? How did that play out for you? I
1: feel like my network through we is like a warm blanket that wraps me up. Hmm. I really do. It is, when all this went down for me at the beginning of 2020, I mean this, the first people I called were my closest women in ETFs friends, sisters, as we say, the we sisters, as Linda Zhang always calls us. <laughs> the we sisters. And, you know, I, I encourage everybody to create their own personal board of directors, you know, people that you can leverage for anything, right? This One of the things that I'm doing, so for those that don't know, after I left my post as co-president globally, I've been for last year and this year, along with uh, Joanne Hill and April Repi, running the Mentorship and Professional Development Committee at Women in ETFs. And one of the things we're exploring is peer-to-peer mentoring. Because we had people that had, that were, when we did our most recent round, you know, people that had been in the industry like 10 years that were saying, I want to be a mentor, but I also want to be a mentee. Mm-hmm. And so this peer-to-peer mentoring and this personal board of directors, as I call it, like those are the first people I called. And when I I actually went to New York in early January to sit down with a bunch of these people and just couldn't have felt more embraced and more supported as I went along. And that didn't stop kind of as we went through. And this, this year as a free agent allowed me to even dedicate more of my time to women in ETFs, which was if you can believe it, even more fulfilling than it had been previously, you know, the bulk of the year, well, the bulk of the back half of the year, we were planning the WE virtual global conference. And twice a week, you know, getting together with this incredible group of women to put together what was an unbelievable and humbling thing to be a part of. And, and since you, obviously you were kind enough to be one of our moderators, and it was amazing. But I think I say this a lot, and I do believe on two fronts. Women in ETFs, you get out of it what you put into it. And so I encourage people to really, really, if they're interested, get involved. Get involved. It will pay you back, I promise. The people that you meet, the connections that you make, the relationships that you will build, for me, they will last forever. I also think that from a leadership perspective, I have no doubt in my mind that the leadership opportunities I was given as part of Women and ETFs going back seven years ago now, 100% led me to the leadership opportunities i was given and i had the strength and the confidence to put my hand up for and know i could do came from my opportunities i got through women etfs to launch and run the chicago chapter to co-head the organization globally a hundred percent that led me to where i am today and so i really do encourage everybody to get involved raise your hand, uh, be a part of it. You will get out of it what you put
0: in. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I've had that thought many times. Anytime there's this conversation about, do you want to sign up to be a mentor or a mentee? Yeah. And I feel like, your learning process is ongoing. So you never quite fulfill one of the roles. Right. So there's such a recognition there of just, it's really the a team effort and we're all at different stages at all times, right? So it's a network that is constantly evolving and changing. Yes. Yeah, I love so much about this conversation, just the idea of raising your hand and and taking the, the risk. But a lot of times just raising your hand isn't enough, right? I mean, sometimes... It, it takes the people around you or the people in front of you to give that opportunity for you to step into that role. It's a challenging world out there Absolutely. to really make inroads and, and grow, and you really can't do it alone, which is why Women in Youth is so cool.
1: Yeah, no, it is. And I think finding mentors and sponsors, right? And there's a difference, right? So finding a sponsor, someone who's going to put their own career I don't want to say on the line, but, you know, in, in order to help advance your career, having that sponsor that truly is invested in your career was really important. And I've gotten so much value out of being a mentor um, and, and feeling like I'm paying back for all of the people that have mentored me along the way. It's really because of that, that you, you do to your point, you, know, you you need to not just raise your hand, but you have to have the confidence to do that and take those calculated risks and know that maybe not everything's going to turn out, but, you know, you you're, you're never gonna know if you don't at least take that calculated risk and take this step. And I've thought about that a lot throughout my career and at each turn it, it was about taking that calculated risk, including now, right? Anytime I think we take a new opportunity, it's a calculated risk. And as somebody though I've done them I've done this twice where I've made career changes in the depths of financial crises, right? <laughs> or crises uh, somebody called me the canary in the coal mine. <laughs> So next time, I make a change, right? I, I entered into the ETF business in the depths of the way made the shift at the early 2020, you know, into consulting. So <laughs> in all seriousness, there, it is about calculated risk. And I, I do, you know, I don't want to, I do want to I, I say something essentially to you personally because I think it's important. And Heather, I don't even know if you know this, but so for those that don't know, I, I did some writing, right, over the summer. And it was it was you that encouraged me to do it. Like you were a mentor to me in a way you didn't even know. And I think mentors appear in ways you don't think about and writing was hard for me, <laughs> but I encourage everybody. It was a, it was an unbelievable exercise. I learned so much about myself. Um, I realized I could do it <laughs> and I had fun doing it. And so I, we're actually going to be putting up my articles, you know, on flex intelligence up on our website as part of our ETF channel Very cool. people read it, but it's, it was hard. I would sit up at night With my computer and like stare at the screen. Like, when is this going to just flow out of me? You know, but (laughs) welcome to our daily life, Jillian. I was thinking about like, how do I write this stuff so often? But in all seriousness, I do think it was a healthy exercise. And, you know, to push yourself outside your own comfort zone is sort of another takeaway I would say like, calculated risk, push yourself, make yourself uncomfortable, because I do think you're going to grow from it.
0: Not to go completely dark here, but was there ever a time where you felt like you were deliberately held back? And how did you address that kind of challenge?
1: Yeah. So I don't know that it was deliberately held back, but I did have moments, you know, I think about times that I was kind of late in my career, both very early on in my career, back when I was in my first job, you know, at at Federated Investors, and then even later in my time at BlackRock, where there was a lot of change going on either personally or professionally or, or both and taking that as a cat instead of feeling held back. And I did have people tell me like, I think you're losing your mojo. I mean like, Oh, okay. Like that's a, that's sort of a light bulb to say people are recognizing something in me. I may not be recognizing myself and using that as a catalyst to push through and try to explore opportunities that were potentially outside my comfort zone. And, you know, again, I think being part of the, the leadership at we did give me the confidence to do that. But using those things, if you do feel like you're being held back, either by yourself or first from somebody else, use that as an opportunity, as a catalyst to really push yourself. And and I think a lot, I went through a lot of self-exploration in those situations um, and then decided that for one reason or another, you know, it was time to um, potentially go on a bit of a listening tour And see what opportunities might be out there and and really using that as a catalyst to push myself forward outside my comfort zone, right? And and both times, it led to things that you may not have realized were going to be what was out there, but it ended up being a great solution for me uh, professionally.
0: So as we wrap up here, Jillian, you know, I think about, you know, some of your your message today, join we, join we, join we, um, yes, yes, yes. take the risk, embrace the discomfort, uh, raise your hand, yes. mentor and mentee, Yes. you know, Heather and I always talk about how the the ETF industry really feels like, you know, to, to use your word, to Pollyanna, this really feels like the happy place in the financial world. What have you learned about the industry through your career growth process? Any, any good, bad or ugly here that uh, you learned from the ETF business, the ETF ecosystem as a whole in your path? So far, I do think, like I said
1: earlier, about sort of the the corner of the industry, the corner of asset management, where innovation is really thriving. And I think that that really became even more apparent to me over the course of this last year. Not that it wasn't previously in my career, but, but it certainly was. It still is a place where leadership opportunities abound because of how fast it's changing. And that largely speaking, it's still incredibly collegial. And everybody everybody's strong, you know, the vast majority of people out there are really, really rooting for everyone to be successful. And the, the network of people that exist in this industry are incredibly supportive. And I've been lucky enough to, to, to witness that be a part of that for a very long time, I would say, two other things that I really recognize over the course of this last year, and, and really over the entirety of my career in the ETF industry, but, but two things relationships really matter. Right. So that, that personal board of directors that I talked about, but, and relationships are, they're living, breathing things, right? So you have to nurture them. You have to grow them. I would, over the course of 2020, especially because we weren't getting together in person, I would make myself notes. Like who haven't I talked to in a month or two or three hmm. and ping them and set up a zoom, set up a FaceTime. I did it to you, right? <laughs> hey, we've been chatted in a while. Let's talk. So I think nurturing those relationships and 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 keeping that, I, I did, you know, the fifty coffees in fifty days was something I really challenged myself with or with the beginning of the pandemic. They were virtual, of course, but you know, forcing yourself, not that it's hard, but forcing yourself to remember to connect new people, old people, the connections I made with people I've literally still never met, that I was able to accomplish through Zoom, I'm quite proud of and I think is possible. And the other thing is your personal brand also a living, breathing thing that you need to work on and and hone and harness. And um, I think those are two other things that become really, really important, particularly as you pivot your career. Spending time on that personal brand, developing it, um, that comes largely through the relationships that you've built and and opportunities you've been given. So those are some other takeaways I would would sort of put in front. But I'm forever grateful for the ETF industry and helping me become the leader that I am, developing the relationships that I have, And I'm excited to be able to what I think is give back a little bit in the way that we're building Flex and what I think that we can bring to uh,
0: the industry as well. Well, it's awesome. We will have to leave it at there. We can talk forever here, but um, we will wrap it there. Thank you so much, Jillian, for coming, sharing your story. Congrats on the new job. We can't wait to see what you do at Flex. They're lucky to have you. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you both. It was good to see you. It was good chatting with you. For more episodes or or previous shows, just check out ETF.com. For more information on women in ETFs, please check out women in ETFs.com, all one word. We're glad you joined us today and we will catch you up next time.